0: That is the Gold Cup hero. Hero, hero, hero. Two of
1: the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Relentless, remorseless, who
2: pounded Cordell Star into submission. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. I'm of course in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk and uh, well I'm sorry to say for regular listeners there is no Dermot Nolan this week. He is uh, sunning himself in Malta. I've no idea what the weather is but I assume that's what he's doing. And uh, he will be back next week in his absence. I'm delighted to say David Weldon is here.
0: How are you doing? Good to be back. How's things?
2: yeah very good good to have you here dave thank you for coming on the race hour uh Kean kirby is also back Kean, how are you
3: cheers dean very good thanks hope you're keeping well
2: doing okay and uh, it's good to have you on board and darren hughes is back again how are you darren i'm grand
1: dean yeah listen no use in complaining sure
2: ah sure well you know it's okay if you want to but we'll save it for a later part of the podcast maybe. well there'll be lots of complaining um, over
1: the next hour don't worry.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's all good. Okay, on this week's race hour, we're going to do a very quick review of the uh, action from the November meeting at Cheltenham. Uh, we're going to talk, of course, about the Arkle winner. Um, I'll let you know which one that is in a minute. I think everybody already knows and seems to be on. So fair play. Um, We're also going to have a little section uh, looking ahead at the Hennessy or what it is now known as the Coral Gold Cup, formerly known as the Ladbrokes Trophy, previously known as the Hennessy. Uh, Coral should know better, I think, with their longstanding associations with lots of different races like the Coral Cup, Coral Eclipse. Don't go butchering these great races. Anyway, we're going to do the Hennessy. um, and We'll probably call it that. So no apologies from me. Uh, Then we'll take a break. And after that, we will come in and do the weekend tipping with action, from Haydock and Ascot, um, and of course there is some quality stuff at Punchestown on Saturday and Sunday, and then you will get the naps from our esteemed panel. Okay, first things first. Let's kick straight into uh, what took place at Cheltenham. I'm going to throw three names into the mix, but anyone can talk about any horse they would like to. Uh, Hermes Allen, who won for Paul Nicholls in that Ballymore trial, and. Um, uh, quite complimentary comments, I thought, from David Mullins on uh, Festival Focus on bookmakers.com. Go check that out on YouTube. Uh, another horse I thought that was very impressive was I Like to Move It. Looks like could step out of Handicap Company now for the Twist and Davis uh, team after winning the Greatwood. And uh, GA Law, who won the Paddy Power Chase. We best not mention Galahad Quest. Darren, why don't you go first? Uh, a small bit
1: underwhelmed, maybe by Cheltenham. I don't know. Is that fair to say? Um, That's okay. Over the last three days, yeah, like, you know, I didn't think there was a real standout. I've a few notes here. I'll I'll run through them very quickly. Um, Hermes Allen, I thought grand, bit slow. Maybe that new to drive. I'd say is both thing. thing. Uh, grand horse, like, but like, you know, I don't think he's beaten in special. Hugh Briscoe, that was okay. back and forth. I'd say he'd be well down to Peck, order and Willies. Could improve, or like, I'm I'm not knocking him, but fit to go. Uh the triumph trial winner, no good, nothing race, shocked the winners in that race. Thought Tommy's Oscar was given a stones. Um might not have mattered actually in the end. Banbridge probably was was the winner, but I thought Danny McMenamin was caught napping at the second last. I'm also not sure Chatham to as Tommy's Oscars Tommy's Oscars track. Uh that's a tongue twister. Um yeah, yeah, I think Flanner Track might be up his street thought PP going up is a decent race. Uh winner's smart. The second's have been annoying, uh but clearly has a race like this in him. Uh, the Mayor's Bumper winner was alright but again hard to know what the form is worth uh, New Benegra wouldn't win a champion chase if we started now um, <laughs> the Great Woods really disappointed with that like my, the Great Woods I've been watching since I got into race and they've all been what felt like 40 runner fields but you know what I mean they've all been big fields uh, very competitive this just felt like a nothing yeah, underwhelmed dean was kind of the impression that came away but I don't know whether the lads will agree or not maybe I'm a bit of a Debbie Downer here but I just I, I really just wasn't it didn't, it didn't do anything for me
2: no, I, I that's okay. I, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy the races that I watched and I enjoyed some of how competitive it was because it's not always the case. Um, Dave, come to me. Tell me about those three that I mentioned. Uh, the Paddy Power chase probably worth a little bit more time.
0: Yeah, big time. And Galah did everything wrong, really. Um, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with um, Yeah, He didn't really jump fluently around like that and still won. And his run before that in the Old Rowan, is obviously boosted that now. So Hitman and uh, Riders in the Storm, that form is probably worth a bit. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the weekend. Hermes Allen was very good. Um, he looked a nutcase at Stratford the time before, so he's obviously come on a fair bit. And there's nothing to say he won't come on again. Now you want to yeah. be, you want your head examined. Backing him at the price he is now for the for the Ballymore in March, but um, he'll probably go and win the shallow maybe or something like that. Um, you'd the, imagine that's
2: where
0: Nichols will send. Yeah, he, Nichols is um. A habitual it trainer, is. like, you know, he goes and does what he has to do, wins all mm. these big pots with no competition and ends up being champion trainer at the end of the year. Um, I thought script writer for Milton Harris, he'll probably go and win all the English juvenile trials, like um, Knight Salute did last year and end up being sixth in a triumph or something like that. Um, that was decent. Mm. And just a couple of losers that I think probably win next time out. Um, I thought Punitive ran a good race in the Amateur Jockeys Chase on the Sunday He's in the Troy town down the bottom. If he gets into that, he'd have a massive chance. He's due to go up two pounds. And I thought school day's over in the bumper on this Sunday was given an absolute stones by uh, Patty Brennan gave it like a 40 length, uh, gave the winner a 40 length head start and still finished the second. So he'll probably be a good horse. And then just Harbor Lake in the Greatwood. The Greatwood was a bit of a sham, really like taking out the hurdles. The lay was well covered on ITV, but, um, like to move it was a sustained horse he's nowhere near a champion hurdle horse but you'll have to go there now because his rating's going to dictate it but uh, i thought harbour lake in third ran a nice race i actually tipped him up last weekend on my book UK piece um mm-hmm. he was outpaced on the bend two miles is probably too sharp for him he goes up to two and a half miles uh harbour lake will be winning races for alan king
2: yep that's fair. That's all fair. I, yeah, I was disappointed with the hurdles coming out of the great world, but I think you've been a little bit harsh on the winner. I mean, there was everything to like about its form last season, apart from a bit of a blow up at the festival, but that can happen. And um, yeah, I, th- I think there's plenty to come. And you had to go and do it the hard way, even without those hurdles there and hold them all at bay. I can see that one progressing into a champion hurdle picture. I'm not saying it can a champion
0: Yeah, but it's anywhere near Honeysuckle or Constitution Hill. Oh, no,
2: no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, horse ever-
0: or later, like, you know.
2: Yeah, but you know, horses have to go and make up the field, and I, I do think this horse will warrant its place in the field come uh, Chantland time. And sure, they're going to go and find out, aren't they likely the international hurdle or the Bueller or whatever it was yeah. uh, uh, called. We're talking about race <laughs> themes as a problem here, <laughs> but um, I like to move it. I think I think there's there's progression there. Um, and your comments about the Paddy Power chase, I, I wasn't sure it was the greatest for you. I was massively, massively disappointed with Galahad Quest run, though. It does seem to be a problem um, afterwards, which they mentioned, but I don't think I can put it in another. In is another uh, fancy. We'll see. Stick we'll it see. in the band, no, Stick it in the band. No, no, I never do that. I never do that. Uh, Il Rototo, I thought, ran a big race. And I think that one might be one to keep on side for December if uh, if Galor uh, tries uh, did more difficult contests. Um, but Galor didn't jump great and still won the Paddy Power. Keen, we talked about a few of the horses there, but I think there's still there's still plenty more to, to kind of assess from them or any of those. And you are a man who likes to find one now for March.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with with Darren. It was it was kind of an underwhelming uh, meeting, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not sure how okay. many how many Cheltenham Festival winners we saw over the three days, if any. To be honest with you, mm. um, I thought Banbridge was probably the the, the best source of of the of the, the main for me. I thought he, he gave Tommy's his Oscars. Uh, a good beating. He was really well backed, and even if uh, Paul Nichols was supposed to have a runner in it, who actually ran yesterday, I think even if he ran in it, he still wouldn't have won it easily. So I know people are saying he might be too slow for the Arkle, and two miles might be his trip, but um, I can see him surprising a few this season. A couple of horses then that kind of caught the eye. Who finished second on the Saturday was Wise Guy to an answer. I think he's a very good horse. He beat Hillcrest yep. in a bumper think he'll be winning handicaps pretty soon. Unanswered was obviously punted off the boards. Um, so the money was spot on
2: there. And and of course, well-tipped up on this podcast at a big price by Stephen Cass, who gave everyone the news. We, we laughed at him, but we tend to do that.
3: Exactly, yeah. And I know um, David alluded to the right, um, Paddy Brennan gave one of the horse, but if you watch the Queen's Gamble race, the right Paddy Brennan gave um, Bonte, put him out the back again, Gave the, gave the leaders 15-20 lengths stayed on, stayed on was never going to, was never going to w- win the race but um, if he's ridden more prominent next time I can, I can see him uh, definitely winning races other than that I thought Fenner's, Fenner's cross was um was impressive that was, that, yeah. was a de- that was a decent enough novice hurdle I could see, I could see him going well the Nuba race was very very underwhelming yeah, um, yeah that's it I just didn't uh, the meeting didn't really didn't really get going for me, to be honest, Dean.
2: No, that's fair enough. Fenners Cross is an interesting one because this is just, you know, masterful stuff from uh, John McConnell recently and the way he targets these um, early season salvos at the Cheltenham uh, meetings. And he does so well with that. That was picked up, of course, on Festival Focus on bookmakers.com. Uh, do go check that out with Tom Lee and David Mullins. They talked about Fenners Cross. But Kian... You mentioned the one horse I didn't mention from Cheltenham, which was Bambridge. And that's because we've seen John Bond since. So the Arkle pitcher, although everyone might have thought, oh, we've seen the Arkle winner with Bridge, And he was very good, very electric. And it was obviously at the, the right place to go and put a performance like that in. But then we saw John Bond. John Bond's probably put in a performance there beating Morale on the steel. That would put him equivalent to an Edward Stone already. <laughs>
3: Yeah, John Bond was pretty pretty impressive now yesterday. I mean I think when the anti-post markets opened up for the Arkle, he was about a ten to one shot. He's seven to four in places now. Yeah, If he got the good prices, best of luck, but I mean he's a he's a crazy price now. He was really putting his place in the Supreme last season, so we know he does have limitations. Then he went on to Aintree and kind of scraped in against El Fabiolo. Um I would be a fan of John Bondine, but I just reckon in in the heat of a battle, I'm not sure how much you'd find off the bridle. It just, there isn't a huge amount in the article? The one I actually backed for the race the other day was um, appreciated at ten to one. Yeah, I think he's a massive price. Um, he hasn't been injured in anything yet. He's a bit of a fragile horse, but he went off seven to two for the Champion Hurdle last season. I mean, if you put a line through that run, he, he absolutely pissed up in the Supreme. So. If they get him if they get him back to his best i reckon he could uh he's of every chance of beating john bond in the
1: area
2: i think I, I think that's solid i think if anyone's got decent price about john bond you want to have a little tickle on appreciate if there's still some value there because you're likely on the one and two in the market come race day if they both turn up so you'll be in a good position Um, dave weldon what did you make of john bond and uh you can throw Banbridge in because i purposefully missed out until we got to john Bond.
0: Yeah, I thought uh first of all Bambridge I thought he was very good. He was a good attack and ride by JJ um as he does best and yeah, jumped very well. John Bon as well was very impressive, beat a good yardstick in Mon Morale, um for all that we don't know, you know how fit he was or, or whatever. Um I to use Paddy Aspel's phrase, he was very good in his feet. Um, jumped very well. He made a slight mistake at the fourth out, I think it was, and um, then jumped very well from there in. At a tough, in fairness, Warwick is a, a tough jumping track to come quick and fast there. be similar to Sandown, probably. Um, now, like, I just have a, I just chatting to you last night, Dean, about this, and it's how he got beaten in Supreme is still a question mark for me. He's going to go now and he's going to win three, four runner fields on, between now and March, and then the Arkle has potential to be a bigger runner field. Sometimes it isn't, and we've seen that with uh, Henderson Horse in the past. They get a soft touch in the Arkle, and um, because they are that good, but I, I wouldn't be backing a two to one. And the way he kind yeah. of fell apart. I know the Supreme was a overly quick, quickly run race, um, but he was beating twenty two lengths. Like, um, it's a long way. And
2: beaten 22 lengths by the horse that is in the betting, fancied to take Honeysuckle. Yeah, round. Honeysuckle's never lost the race. Yeah, beaten 22 lengths by a horse that everybody thinks will beat that horse is not bad.
0: Yeah, it's not bad, but it's, it's not great either. Like, and his heart was mm. could have arguably been broken by that horse. Now, he went back and came back at entry and beat El Fabiolo ahead, and um, we don't know how good that form is yet. So, there's still mm-hmm. question marks for him to answer for me in a big competitive grade one. Um. yes, he'll mop up these grade twos and maybe a grade one. That's a weak one um, between now and March. But at two to one, while I wouldn't lay him, I'm not going to be a backer either.
2: No, that's fine. But Darren, I'm coming to you now, right? You can you can hide behind the price is no good, which a lot of people are doing now when we talk about John Bonn. And I think that's understandable because we're trying to find, you know, is this going to win the arc? Or will it win the arc? Or I don't really care what price it is right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like I said,
1: this is more, yeah it's two different questions it's would you back him and and, and is he does he have a fair chance to win it um does he have a fair chance to win it kind of has to doesn't he uh in the sense of all the form and book which jesse has to uh i think something that might go in his favor is that i reckon this could be a fairly diluted feel like i'm looking at the betting here now sir gerhard has entered in a hurdles race on sunday looks like he's going to go there appreciate it Jesus, honestly, God knows. Uh, Banbridge I fundamentally believe, will end up stepping up and trip. Uh, Mighty Potter, yeah, fair enough, Mighty Potter. Again, might might end up further. Volvan stays hurdling, three-stripe three stripe life, not going here. State man staying hurdling. Like, there isn't as much depth in this division as you might think there is. Um. Now The one I'd be half interested in, if and when he makes an appearance, is Dice or Dynamo, because mm. I don't think there was as much between them uh, last year, so a lot of people are making out. But uh, can can um can Jumbo win the arc? Of course he can. Is it going to be a, a particularly deep field? I'm actually not convinced it's going to be. Uh, so would I want to be laying five to two or seven to four or two to one? I actually wouldn't want to be laying it at the moment. Mm. I know he still has to get there, but uh, as for as for what he did against Mon Morale it's impossible to know what level Monreal ran to I suppose West Cork gives you an idea now I don't think West Cork's a chaser at all I've watched him in his first two starts they were both around Um, was it Warwick where Where was that race around the week was it Warwick yeah I mixed up all the ones beginning with W uh, I watched him in his first start around Warwick didn't like them then didn't seem to like fences um during the week either, so hard to get a handle on exactly what level was run to. But you couldn't fault John Bon because like, I'm not going to be rushing to back with the price, but I don't think I'd really want to lay the price either. Is the way put it?
2: Fair enough. I think you know that's a, that's an absolute panel charge. John Bon wins the arco. Well, I thought that was pretty clear. Um, fair play. To, to the guys there um obviously i am joking okay so uh we've done a quick review of um, all things that happened over the weekend at Cheltenham and elsewhere tracks beginning with W and uh, why don't we talk about the Hennessy something i wanted to include this week was a chat about the big punting race of next weekend of course because by the time we get there on the race hour and we talk about it some of the prices that we might have taken or wanted to take will be gone. I'm pretty convinced I have the winner of the Coral Gold Cup Handicap Chase as it's now known. Um But we'll stick to calling it the Hennessy for the purposes of this. Uh, Dave Weldon, I'm going to let you have first stab. Yeah,
0: Dean, there's, uh, there's three. I know exactly where you're going to go. We I think everyone probably in the, the race hour world knows no, exactly where you're going to go. Least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, that's fine. There's three I'm interested in at the moment. 300 through five um, at the head of the market. Ran a perfectly good race over hurdles last time out. And this has been the target. Paul Nichols loves to race. We know that. Um, He's rated 151, which seems reasonably fair. Um, Chantry House is a bit of a cliff horse for me. If he rocks up here, I'd probably back him. But what I advise him? Probably not. And then the one I was really interested with, if the rain arrived would we'll be happy go lucky for Kim Bailey. Um, he quoted in the racing post saying a stable tour this is the plan as long as the rain arrives. He's rated 151. I remember him from a couple of years ago. He was very unlucky in a um Ultima when he finished second yeah. to Vintage Clouds, just made a mistake at the wrong time a bit novice and then he hacked up at entry. Um apparently he got a bit jarred up after that and has been off since um, so one five one looks workable for him because I think at the time when he won an Aintree, people were probably talking of him as a grade one horse. So at ter- 33-1 yep. um, in places, he is uh, a decent each way shout in what looks to be an open Hennessy.
2: Yep. Kim Bailey's horses is um, just starting to click into gear as well, and happy go lucky back on the track. There'd be some performance to do that after. Uh, what is it? Using was, was in the Paddy Power,
0: um, and yep. I was half going to put him up, but the ground was just a bit too quick for him, so he, he didn't run.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, that's a couple mentioned there from from Dave, and one at a big price, uh, which you'd imagine will be going for the race. That's happy go lucky. Uh, Keen Kirby.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't have a huge opinion on the race this far out, Dean, but if you push me for a selection, I would agree I would agree with Dave on three under two, five. Again, yeah. like Paul Nichols is a, is a genius with staying chasers. He had a spin over hurdles just to get him spot on for this. Um, if you look back at some of his chase form, he's he's been really good over fences, and he was uh, ran well in the RSA last year, also beats Fantasticas by seven lengths, beat does He Know by four and a half lengths, who won a them at the weekend. So I reckon um he's he's ten to one there. I would wait till the day though because bookies will be paying six seven places. They're only paying four places now, so I wouldn't be rushing. Mm-hmm. wouldn't be rushing to back him just yet. But I reckon uh, if you can get eight, eight nine to one on the day with six places, I think he's a he's a very good each way bet, and I can see him winning the race.
2: Yep, definitely a potential winner in three under through five. Fits the profile with the right trainer, some nice uh, form from a novice season, of course, and uh, has already warmed up with a spin over hurdles. You can see what they're doing. It does make sense three under through five for Paul Nichols. Uh, Darren, makes some sense. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I can see the angle again. I'm kind of in sport here. I wouldn't be rushing to get involved in this at the moment. Um, I think the prices are quite contracted, uh, quite margin heavy. Um, there's not there's not too many horses in here that I think would go off a much shorter price on the day than they are at the moment, unless they okay. obviously run in between now and then and win a race or something, but that's highly unlikely as we get closer and closer to the day. Um, the one I kind of thought was half-interesting, you can look well found in the market at this stage, is Lamilas. Um, Switched to Dan Skelton's yard uh, over the summer, um, made a winning debut for that yard at Bangor, uh, I think it's 10 or 12 days ago, I actually watched the race and remember. Uh, I thought that form is actually pretty strong. For a class two handicap round banger, um, four finishers or the, there was five horses finisher with well, four, that we that we can reasonably talk about, and I thought it was thought the right horses were there thereabouts. Lemila's obviously won it. Asked me early was third, and then Lord de Manil who runs this weekend might give you a good handle on how kind of form the races were. He runs uh this weekend, um. Yeah, I just I thought Lemila's look he got to America one. Just double check it here, one into the 140s for Tim Vaughn he's now with Dan Skelton. you can imagine Dan will find another five or ten pounds somewhere along the line I think he got I think he got uh, he got eight for quacking um de Maneum in, in Banger, but I think he' can still be competitive off the One fifty you know even if the ground is very soft, that should suit he's only seven years of age, so I think he's a lot going for him uh, he'd be the one I would tend to be side with mode.
2: Okay, interesting shout that. And the switcher, of course, is Laminos uh, for Dan Skelton. Yeah, it could be a low uh, low enough weight if the Top Guns hold their water and line up for uh, the Hennessy, the Coral Gold Cup. Um, okay, I'll tell you who's going to win this race now because um, I'm very, very sweet on this. And I do think it's a ridiculous price and that's Fiddler on the Roof. If you remember, I only got turned over by Cloudy Glen um, in this very race just a year ago. And that was a handicap snip of all snips that got in beat. Um, Then he ran a massive race again to another lightweight behind Skew. Then he ran fifth in an ancient Grand National. And now he's had a little spin uh, over hurdles behind Call Me Lord in a class two at Kempton. Um, Only eight years old. You have to remember, some of his form in here puts most of these horses to shame. The only one with a class angle that you could actually argue would be anywhere near as good as this horse is Shuntry House. And uh, if that comes back to its best, well, then good luck to them. But what we do know about Fiddler on the Roof is that he'll be fit, ready to go. tis are in good nick. Um, only £5 higher than when second to the handicap snip of all snips. And uh, I reckon he'll just outclass these. Um, a Clear rounds all he needs. 14 to 1 is a ridiculous price. Now with four places, I'm not sure you'll need all four. Probably only need two. He'll be first or second. And uh, I think he's going to run a screamer. So I'm really looking forward uh, to that race next weekend. And uh, Dave, I'm sure that was the one you knew I was going to say. And um, yeah, you're going to row in, I assume, with me.
0: Yeah, like he has to have a massive chance. Like he was taken out by Remastered. Whether he would have won or not is, is you don't you don't know. Um, but you have to like Remastered then as well if you like Fiddler on the Roof because he's to give nearly a stone. Um, to that horse, and just think the, the
2: class price. angle is something that you need here. Yeah, and no, this horse I, I, has I, it. Like, The I, cup horses can win this, the, and he is uh,
0: one big time, big time. Um, the trends are against him, kind of because he's uh, it a second season novice is usually what you want. Um, mm. but he has to have a massive chance. And in fairness to Joe Tissard, he has that yard flying at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you, guys. Um, Obviously, that race will be discussed in full uh, on the Race Hour next week ahead of the Coral Gold Cup at Newbury. We look forward to it. We'll take a break here on the Race Hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. When we come back, it's the weekend tipping. Ascot, Haydock and Town this weekend.
1: You're listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news, and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry?
2: You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of The Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's David Weldon, Keegan Kirby, Darren Hughes and myself, Dean Ryan. And uh, now it's time to look at Saturday's racing from Haydock and Ascot bit of a farce to kick off with, uh, perhaps from an entries perspective, because the 150 at Haydock and the 205 at Ascot both have the same horse declared. And he's very prominent, of course, and that is Hitman. Very likely goes for this 150 at Haydock, though, Darren, rather than taking on press at Ascot.
1: Yeah, and look, I think it's very hard to see him beaten here if he does rock up. I'd say he's yep. just on the cusp of being a grade one horse. It, it just there, thereabouts, he, could, he might squeak up to that sort of level. But in any case, he has brought a stone in hand over all of these. His win record is a small, tiny, little bit concerning, and that he doesn't seem to do that very often. But I think that's more of a circumstance to meet a very good horse as opposed to anything actually wrong with him. Uh, and I think he should just win the race here.
2: Yeah. I was mean, very unlucky to, to bump into Riders on the Storm last time, who, when he does run his race, is super class. Yeah, I gave um, him to a storm so as well. So, I mean, look. Yeah, exactly. And like Fakir Dairy de before that, funambul Savola, Granatine, Eldorado Allen Protectorat. It's a who's who of the, uh, well, if you take Fakir Dairy de out, it's a who's who of all the horses in England who can't beat the Irish ones. And that's um, that's who he keeps running into. So he's on that list. Um, Kian, he'll go to Haydock and he'll win. And he'll probably go off very short.
3: Yeah, he should win on uh, ratings, definitely, Dean. But, as Darren, Darren says there, his his win record is really, uh, It is if you're taking short odds about him, his win record is pretty concerning. I mean, he's only, the last time he won was, uh, he hasn't won in his last six runs. He's only won tw- twice, really. Like, So if you want to take short odds yep. about that, wouldn't be really my cup of tea. Uh, Itchy Feet has question marks. The answer has been pulled up the last twice. Uh, never convinced about his jumping. Earn River is similar. Fell and was pretty poor last time out. I give Manila Drama a bit of a squeak. Uh, yeah. He's great, probably a grade two horse at best, but he's been to Haydock twice. He won here last January by nine lengths in a great two novice chase, and also he was just touched off by Favour in a great two novice hurdle here. So he obviously loves the track. Don McCain has a very good record at Haydock. At as of around five to go, I'd give him a chance if he got out and made the running and got him under pressure. But yeah, on ratings, Hitman really should win. But based on his win record, I wouldn't be taking short odds about him.
2: No, I totally understand that. Totally understand that. Dave, I'm coming to you. You can talk about that 150 and then we'll roll into the 205 because that's where long press is going to go and uh, Hitman will avoid. So Hitman wins the 150 or would you just let it run?
0: Um, no, he wins the 150 and he's probably a better 4-7, to, to be honest. Like he really? Should okay. He's be about 1-6. Um, he's 10 pounds mm. clear of itchy feet. Um, he's had a spin this year. That that race has already worked out well, as we alluded to earlier with G A Law. Um, there's a bit of four to seven still there. Like it's one for the multiples on Saturday, definitely. Um, th- to be honest, this race is everything that's wrong with British racing. Um, this race shouldn't exist. These four would run in the two hundred five at Ascot, and you'd have a decent grade too. Um, totally agree. So, like this, Hitman wins, Long Press wins the two hundred five. That's a nice little double to get your, your Saturday started.
2: Yeah, I tell you, if it goes wrong, though, it goes wrong, goes that... wrong. You're chasing, but there's plenty of ways to get out, out <laughs> there afterwards. You know, there's lots of, lots of bigger prices out there uh, for those of you uh, that, that maybe don't want to take that advice. But I do think they'll both win. I do. Um, okay, I mean the, the 205 at Ascot. Saint Calvados it's good to see him uh, out and about now with David Maxwell, of course, and Paul Nichols uh, do a job and cool Cody. He didn't, you know, come up to par in his normal, um, well, in his home on his home venue at Cheltenham last time out. Uh, there's nothing really to travel uh, long presses is there, Darren?
1: Um, no. Uh, if Hitman doesn't run, there isn't. But I would just point people towards Venetia Williams at the moment. She hasn't had a winner in over six months, in fact, seven months. And she's had nearly 40 runners in that time. Now, look, granted, she's had a quiet summer, so, you know, the six months thing is a bit of an outlier. But, there's been four. She's had 40 runners in that time period. Mm. She's had a good few runners since the season started up again. A couple of them well back and a couple of them, more than a couple of them have ran really, really poor. Like, really poorly. Look, Venetia always hits uh, a run of form at some stage where it seems like everything she runs wins. She certainly hasn't hit that at this stage. Now, look, if there's nothing in here. If Hitman doesn't rock up, St. Calvados and David Maxwell are
2: not going to win in a grade 2 chase.
1: Uh, cool Cody for, Lucky's an admirable individual, but
2: Bounce and being pulled up in the Paddy Power Gold Cup. I don't There's a think. bit of prize money picking up in behind, isn't
1: there? That's for sure. To... Yeah, 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 yeah. Do your job. Same story. So look, Long Press he probably will just go and win the race, but I just I wouldn't be getting involved in any sort of distance betting or any sort of magic betting uh, in in this race regards him because I think he uh I think his his yard have a little bit of work to do to find form before he'd be interested in backing him in a very hot race.
2: Yep, I speculatively tried to catch the Venetia William wave uh, already this season when I think she had four or five seconds on the day. And the following day, I was like, well, she's got some runners with chances here. I play a small accumulator and uh, they all ran absolutely abysmally. So you're dead right. It hasn't happened yet. I thought I'd spotted it coming and I was wrong. Um, long press though could be, and uh, you know, Venetia would know what one looks like. Kian long press could be a Gold Cup horse.
3: Could be, yeah. I think under Venetia Williams, I don't think she'll hit a trend until the mud's flying. So wait until the ground's heavy and you'll see your horses flying. The rain
2: again. is coming. Yeah,
3: I yeah, still, yeah, I agree. yeah. Ground asket's still good to soft. I think maybe soft heavy. She'll she the winners will start coming. Also with um, Do Your Job is actually declared at Ascot tomorrow in his favourite flat race, so he probably won't run either. Hitman's not It's even you're, smaller. Yeah, maybe. you're looking like a tr- a three runner race, really. So Lampress could be one, one to four, one to five shot, and yeah, yeah. Darren made a good point there about the stable form, but it's just it's very hard to see and get. Be like cool, cool Cody is a, has big questions answered. Saint Cal, but I've never been a fan of him. So yeah, I just think on, on merit, Lampress wins, really. Yep.
2: Yeah. Fair enough. The first two races of the weekend on the TV could be very uh, low on runners, but you know a couple of nice horses in there. Hopefully, they both going to go and do their job and uh, at least set well and up for a good Saturday. Uh, Dave, I'm going to come to you on that two twenty-five at Haydock because now we're talking. It's the Betfair Exchange Stairs Handicap Hurdle, big premier handicap, big field. Uh, Charles Burns coming to the, to England with Run for Oscar. And uh, is he just going to blow them away? I really think this is a hot race though. This this is
0: a class uh, handicap hurdle. It usually is. It usually throws out loads of winners. Um, Run for Oscar is well found in the market as he should be. He's a Cambridgeshire winner. um, Or sorry, he's a winner, um, winner. And is now rated 101 on the flat. So he's rated 147 here. He's probably a few pounds in hand. Daniel King Could comes over, takes five off as well. Um, he's five to two. Do I want to be back in the top weight in this race? Though probably not. Um, I mm. two on my kind of radar. might i is I don't like Eye at all. Um, Harry Fry is traditionally bad at campaigning his horses, and he doesn't know what this horse is. Um, the one I like at a big price is Gentleman at Arms for the Stuart Evans team. He was second last year in a Grade One. Was it Grade One at a? Entry, and I have a feeling this horse will eventually become a graded runner over hurdles and he's only five he's off one for four, three. he's had a spin already over too short a trip back to three miles here 20 to one or so that'll do for me
2: nice gentleman at arms at a big price for Stuart Edmonds Kieran Gippins. Um quite a, quite compressed at the top end of this and I'm telling you Dave you've upset Darren Hughes with what you said about my tie.
0: I don't care.
2: <laughs> Darren, make your case. Yeah,
1: Dave, you're so wrong, man. In the, in the great words of, of Roy Keane, uh, you're so wrong, man. Uh, no, um, my eye, I think, is a stonker of a bet here, to be honest. Look, Dave Dave ran us through there. There's an impressive role of honour in this race. You've had Sam Spinner win it. Main fact, won it. Paisley Park won it. That glorious season yeah. when he ended up winning the stairs hurdle. Uh and I think Might Eye could be of a similar vintage. Uh if you look at his race his his races last year, beaten by Constitution Hill, who everyone seems to think is the second coming of Christ, narrowly beaten by John Bond when given a small bit of a stones. So I think that might have been sand down that or Haydock that day as well. Um and then behind three stripe life, uh who obviously won the grade one at entry, then was third behind Stateman and made a very impressive start for life over fences uh in the last week or so. Um. Yeah, I, I think Might Eye he, he wins this race. Uh, unusually for a famous glory horse, uh, he seems to like very soft ground. So the more rain, the better. up and head out I think this trip is exactly what he wants. I think if he's he's just been run over the wrong trip for his entire life. I think he's very favourably treated here off off his mark. And I'd be, to be honest, I'd be shocked if he's beaten here this weekend. And I think he's forty to one for the stairs. I can, you you could make a a strong case for that, given how how wide how wide open that's been blown after last weekend in Navin. So Might I here, uh, all on the Might Eye train choo choo.
2: I like it, I like it, I like it. Actually, what Dave said about Harry Fry perhaps not knowing oh, that's the best completely way to
1: right. Honestly, some Harry of his horses Fry is, is
2: a positive here.
1: Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say that on there, but he's a bit of a... Yeah, I, I don't think he trained train Ivy up a wall, to be honest, but um, I think he's a pretty good horse here
2: in his hand. so let's see. He's got your tipping life in his hands this weekend. You better hope he can manage that at least. Um, I do think that, you know, what... Dave said about Harry Fryer and the way he's been learning about this horse, let's put it, um, has actually meant that he's in here and uh, and can go and win this race. Uh, Kian, I'm going to ask you to make sense of the uh, stairs handicap hurdle this weekend.
3: Yeah, Darren's completely sold on my on I'm on the, the might-eye train as well.
2: That's okay. That's okay. Make the case. Let's hear it.
3: Yeah, I do agree. Maybe his, uh, Harry Fryer didn't campaign him properly, but therefore he's he's like well handicapped because of that. He's won fresh both times. Uh, he was actually favourite to be Constitution Hill in a novice hurdle at Sandown last That's season. Incredible! Yeah, man. I believe around yeah. 64 favourite. Um, finished second to Constitution Hill, uh, narrowly beaten by Jambon, narrowly beaten by Tree Stripe Life. They're all serious novices, like they're, you know, 160 horses. Like, and he gets in here off 142. I think he could definitely be a, a 150 horse. And I agree with I agree with. Um, Darn, he's forty to one for the stairs. You could have worse bets than that. You could, like, if you look at the Roll of Honor, Paisley Park, Sam Spinner, they all won this race and went that went on a run. I could see him doing the same. And um, yeah, he's a. I think he will win this. And ninety two is a is a decent price about him.
2: Yeah, I think he used to uh, selling me on a good journey here with with my eye. Uh, Dave kicked us off with that. That's not the one. But I think his negatives were a positive towards its chances. So I'm not going to put anyone off. uh, I will say, friend friend of the podcast,
1: Tom Lee is also heavily involved in this. So uh, we're three against one here.
2: Okay, okay. I like that. Um, it's also your nap on the quick Pick show, <laughs> Darren. this week if anyone who watches that on uh, bookmakers.com. We'll get the same spiel again. Uh, there's only one horse here that uh, concerns me against my tie and it is a cracking field. So that's probably a stupid thing to say. You have to respect run for Oscar and others. Um, but good risk at all, who is I think still very well treated off one, four, three. Um, now there is, like I say, it's quite compressed at the top here. Run for Oscar, 12 stone, my 11, nine, 11, 10 for good risk at all. Um, you know, what they what good risk at all has, though, in its locker is a recent run. And it was a good run, putting stone away at Carlisle on heavy ground. Lots of rain won't make a difference. I think Sam Thomas has got his yard in lovely nick. And uh, as the money comes from the other two, good risk at all might be a bit of value. And that's where I will be going. Um, but I do think it's a belter of a race, absolute belter. Uh, Kian, um, we can talk about the 240 at Ascot but I don't think it's going to take too long because we're going to get a small field and uh, there's the aeroplane, Constitution Hill. We're going to see him.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't be so sure if we'll see him, Dean. We know Nicky Henderson has good horses. There could be a gust of wind and he might take him out.
2: So You he said he's going to run now.
3: Well, He'll like totally we, we saw last year with Shishkin and all this, there's always something that anything, I know. a drop of rain and he he won't run him. He's just, anytime Nicky Henderson gets a good horse, he's just, uh, he's terrified to run him. And looking at the field, yeah, I mean, Bruno Pistorm's second favourite, doesn't win enough, and also basically refused to race at the last on the last day. Yeah, it's odd. and who knows what you are going to get? For pleasure, will go off like a scalded cat, so we'll give Constitution Hill something to aim at. Um, yeah, he probably will win. I was just surprised that Nicky Henderson is starting Constitution Hill over two mile three as his champion hurdle horse. I thought he'd go fighting Fifth Christmas Hurdle. I thought that was a strange one that epitent's going for the. Um, for the, for the fighting fifth and not constitution. He just yeah.
2: hasn't split them up. And the, the fact is that epiton two mile, three and a half, at Ascot probably isn't the right spot. So, like, you've got one that's got electric jumping and one that's got an engine they don't know the bottom of. So, just, I guess, splitting them up. Constitutional probably win over any trip, to be fair.
3: Yeah, he's just one of those horses that's so good that he probably will win, yeah. But, I mean, five to four for a champion hurdle is a, is a pretty stinking prize at the moment. I, would, I wouldn't touch that. I wouldn't be... <laughs> I can't see him go... I like, how short I think he can go for that race. Like, same... I know, I know. Minimum, it, it, minimum, it, it maybe four, minimum four to six shot, maybe, like, so five to four is shock shocking price for him.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. The only thing that can absolutely mess up Constitution's price for a champion hurdle is a defeat of Honeysuckle somewhere um, around the island when that one gets back on track, likely at Ferry House, of course, um, in the Hatton's Grace. Um, Darren, will the, will the layers react to this... Constitution Hill, if it goes and wins as it should, because it's priced up to win as it should.
1: You know, well, they will, yeah. If he he proves he's alive, if he proves honestly, yeah, if he proves he's alive and well, yeah, and he still has four legs and a tail, um, they'll they'll find somewhere to cut his price all right. They usually do. Uh, I will just, I'll just, all I'll say is one thing. I think even if Pony Sucker gets beat at once once this season. I still don't think you can get Constitution Hill much shorter than 4-6 to six for a champion hurdle. Okay. Like, um, I think if she was injured now, that's obviously a different story. He could be a 3 yeah. on the day. But, like, yeah, but then, bear in mind, let's, I th- he's priced up as if uh, Sir Gerhard isn't going to be a champion hurdle horse, as if Stateman isn't going to be a champion hurdle horse. Like, these horses yeah, probably, are... They, they, yeah, well, Vol- Volban was always staying hurdling, but that's two potential flies on the ointment for constitution hill is that statement and sir gerhard both look like they might be uh staying hurting i know i know for a fact that uh, sir gerhard has schooled over fences but um he is entered in on sunday so look it's william mullins bingo who knows but um i i wouldn't be yeah I, I i i don't think he's going to be as short as people think he is now if you if you're a fan of him that's going to be good news for you and if you're not you know you have plenty to oppose him with, but uh, as regards
2: Saturday, I ah, he just wins this one. He shouldn't be anything that gets too close to him. So, um, no point yeah. wasting too much time in the race. No, no, totally understand that. Totally understand that. Uh, Dave, um, is Constitution Hill the third leg of the Hitman Long Press Saturday? You know, pay for the beers.
0: Uh, he's probably even a bit short for that for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can show him if you want. Like he's what stone two stone in hand. Who knows what he hasn't had? Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like again, this is another. Like, why is this race here? Like, why is this not a three mile grade two, um, or two mile six or something like that? And then everyone has to run the fight fifth next week. That wants to run over two miles. Like, you know, it's just uh, makes so little sense the way the program's laid out. If they just got their heads together and smacked them a few times, you might figure something out. But um, yeah, Constitution will, wins. He's rated one seventy as an novice, which is astronomical. Um, yeah, and has like what, three stone in hand over these. So yeah, wins.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dave. Do you want to do you want to do the next odds-on favourite? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, this this, the, this is the
0: third leg of the travel you know. Um, ah,
2: okay, okay. well, let me let me tee up. Let me tee up. Three o'clock at Haydock, of course, is the Bet Fair Chase. Ah, Plutar Protector at Bristol, the Eldorado Allen, and the mighty Frodon um, are going to line up. And we've got one that's odds-on that begins with an A.
0: Yeah, Yeah serious so or serious performance last year, one eighty rating now, which is, is massive, um, won this race last year. So we know he goes well fresh. There's a bit of drifting going on in the market, indicating he might not run, but um Henry came out and said that he will run and no issues with him at all. He has Protector at the beat, who is a good horse but has still a bit to find with a uh, Aplutard. And late thirteen he, again he, he that, that treble uh hitman that the home press and Aplut plays about uh Nearly three to one, so like that's printing money for me. Um, yeah. wins this and wins it well.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I do think we'll win. I'm really delighted that at least uh, protector at Bristol, De now Alan and Froden will keep our Plutard honest because a 15 percent drop in performance could be enough to make that a race yeah. keying, Dane, couldn't
0: it? Sorry, Dean, we said that last year as oh, so well. We said that last yeah. year. Um, and he he won yeah, did, hands yeah. and heels, like you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I I don't think Gent can beat him really.
2: Well, okay. But Keen, could it I mean, could ten percent drop off be enough on background at Haydock or No, just, he's uh, he's an
3: absolute certainty. No. I think for, even if he can four to six, fantastic price. Should be 2's on shot, two to five. Um okay. I mean, Protector at a three to one is shocking price. I mean he's if you look at his form, he's only had like that one win at entry where he beat Native River on soft ground, that's just, that's that's all he's done really. Like he hasn't done much else other than that. Then you look at Bristol, my like Admiral Horse, but definitely past it. Eldorado Allen, not good enough. Frodo, maybe. I'll give Frodo a squeak uh, in the in the without Apple Tired market. I'm not sure if there's any prices on that, but okay. it be a decent enough price. It will be. Yeah, I'll give that a chance. But um, absolute Tired definitely one for the for the multiples. I'm actually surprised he's not favourite for the the Gold Cup. I think that, that run last season, there wasn't much talk about that. I mean, that Gold Cup win was just phenomenal. Like, like bolted up the hill by 15 lengths I mean that was savage on he's still an 8 year old like he's probably only getting better um, yeah I think he'll have a fantastic season again and he'll get off to uh, get off to a winning start today, like this season
2: yeah it was well talked about on, um, on the podcast myself and Demo did with Don McLean where we were talking about the early markets for the champion hurdle and the gold cup and it, the, the general conclusion, and i like to think that we're not the stupidest people on earth. It was that Apple should be favorite for the gold cup and Honeysuckle should be favorite for the champion hurdle yeah. and, to, and to bet accordingly, because if their seasons go to plan, you're on good prices.
3: Yeah, exactly. Just the anti markets are obsessed with um, horses who are yet to do it or who have potentially who haven't achieved it yet. Like with constitution Hill and yeah. Gallop and the Champs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, five five to one for the gold cup is a is a good bet. Gallopin mightn't be as good as, as we think he is. Headstrong horse, two and a half miles on maybe soft ground, mightn't be his cup of tea. So yeah, I'd be um I'd be advising people to back Applutard antipost for the for the Gold Cup, definitely. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I totally get it, totally agree. Um Darren, is the price for Apple is this the last chance you'll get to get that price?
1: I cannot understand how this horse is it's fifteen. Tendly <laughs> he won't be eight to fifteen if I've had to do this on the day or right. as of now. Right. Um I'm not massively into back and odds on shots, but like this should be two to nine, one to four. He's at least at least fifteen pounds in hand over everything in this race as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, and that is being conservative. I'd say he could have twenty. Um Protector needs to improve an awful lot to get near him. Frodan would hate the ground. I think the ground's gonna end up being pretty soft here at the weekend. he would hate that excuse me bristle the mind's not getting any younger eldorado allen not good enough like if if you're an odds-on man you won't get many, many better opportunities than this i wouldn't think
2: yep only the fence is in the way it seems for plenty of these runners actually at the weekend it is a bit of a theme but at least we're getting to see some very good horses on display and it's not race course gallops there are horses for them to take on but my word um yeah, it's the day for the shorties so far. Apoutar, um, in that Betfair chase should just go and get it done. Uh, Darren, I'll stick with you for the handicap chase that comes up at Ascot at 3.15. Um, it's not quite a minimum distance, two mile one, but Edward Stone is now a handicapper, probably where he deserves to be. Or is it half?
1: Give over. Uh, <laughs> give over. Uh, look, I know Edward Stone is my old pal from last year.
2: Uh, nope.
1: Everyone seemed to think he wouldn't win an article. I was fairly convinced he would. I don't know how strong the form of that article is. Uh, to be fully honest, if I if I put my
2: let's head... be clear, it's not strong.
1: Yeah, look, if I'm putting my my, uh, my head above my heart, it's probably not that strong. But the second point, gentlemen, to me, I think could be an all right run at entry. Um, Ederson, I think is going to end up proving a bit better when he goes open trip. And look, there is is the worry that he could be making the market here, but I'm going to find it very hard to oppose him this year. So there'll be a no-bet race for me. I'll be hoping Ederson can win it. And you never know, you might see him rock up in the
2: Ryanair this year, especially if a certain Aloha doesn't make his way back to the track in time. Yeah. Yeah, would make sense to uh, go those few furlongs a bit further for Alan King. He's done it before. He's moved them though, these kind of horses up and down at trip at Cheltenham to great success. Uh, King Kirby, uh, you can have the Hearst Park handicap chase. Is it Edwardstone at the top or is something going to take concession of the weight and get him beat?
3: Yeah, I don't fancy Edward Edwardstone. I think he's possibly overrated... Um... Based on what he done last season, uh, the two mile novice chase division wasn't good, so hence he's received the mark of one six one. I don't, I don't think he's that good at all. I think he's probably one fifties, mid one fifties. Um, mm. will beat him? It's, it's tr- tricky race to solve outside, outside of that. Um, it maybe give a chance to, to Paul Nichols source uh, time white one over course and distance and one first time out this season. Um, I wouldn't be mad maybe that would be the selection to take on Edward Stone with but again tricky tricky race to solve
2: fair enough fair enough uh, Dave
0: Weldon
2: yeah um, I
0: agree with the lads like, it's very hard to back Edward Stone at that price but again he could be just a class act in the field and we've seen it already a few times this year where top weights and handicaps the class horse the class angle have just gone and, and won Um, for a long couple of weeks ago and, and a few others um I agree, Time White is probably the bet. Um he ran like he just jumped in um with a couple of furlongs to go the last time at Ascot. Um Lorca Williams keeps the ride. He's gone up seven pounds. I don't think that'll be enough to stop him. He just might be unfortunate to bump into one here. Um mm. and then skeletons as well with a mule of gold to put a pair of blinkers on him and like he loves Ascot. Um loves his course and distance. Dropping down on the weights a little bit, he's a big price. If you get the dead eight, maybe he could be in each way shout. Um, but yeah, it, it is very hard to ignore Edward Stone. and any Emmett Mullins as well bringing over so Scottish with uh the young phenom that is Michael Sullivan taking five pounds off mm-hmm. uh, from out the handicap. He could be anything as well. Like he's only a five year old, so it's a hard race to have a strong opinion in. Um, it's a really good race actually. It's really good two mile chase. Um I could have a few pointers towards the Grand Annual later in the year if you want to look at it that way.
2: Absolutely we'll do that. Yeah. It will for sure. Um I, I was I'm fascinated by Boot Hill for Harry Fry. I don't know if it's gonna be good enough even getting what £21 or whatever it is from uh, from Edward Stone. But um I do th- I do think, you know, there's so much unlocked potential in that horse and they really are tackling a, a tough a tough race here with this one. I think they could have gone and got Something a little bit easier under their belts, but plenty of potential in that horse. I, don't, I I definitely can't be getting involved at 7 or 2 or 3 to 1 or whatever uh, current price he is for the race. But he's a horse I like a lot. Uh, they might find easier waters at some point. Edward Stone, fascinating placement by Alan King. Let's see how they get on. Uh, Kean, I'm going to come to you first on the handicap chase at Haydock, the 3.35, uh, where Nicky Richards, who's uh, yeah, the Houston, Texas, likely to be favourite, but we've got Lords of Menil in here, we've got good boy Bobby, we've got Musical Slave, who's back for the Hobbs team, um, and the big breakaway is a fascinating horse to see back on the track.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't have a huge opinion on this race, to be honest, Dean. Um, horse I was interesting was Rapid Flight, it's about 25 to 1, but he ran during the week, he was beaten by a really good horse called Crystal Glory, so I doubt he's going to rock up, but if he did, he might be of interest. Um other than that I would I wouldn't really be beef fancying anything here. It's a bit of a
1: minefield this race.
2: Tricky, all right. Absolutely is. Darren Hughes.
1: Yeah, um look, I, I kinda already mentioned during the podcast I had a fairly strong opinion of uh that race and banger that uh lost won and that Ask Me early was third in. So uh, on that basis I'm Slightly obliged to decide with Lord Manil here for um Richard Hobson, Uh thought he, he his comeback was was pretty good. Now look, backing up quickly is the big concern. That was a fairly tough race, at banger, but made an awful lot of mistakes jumping around, which I think he can brush up. He did the same thing in his reappearance last year, if I remember correctly. So, um, if he can brush up his jumping a little bit, and if if that run hasn't left its mark. If he's 11 to 2 I can't see him being a whole pile shorter of the day so I'd say sit tight and you might get an extra place in the morning as well but um, sure. yeah I, th- I thought he, I thought he could go well in what was a
0: fairly open contest
2: Okay Lord de for the Hobson Yard Paul O'Brien uh, on board uh, currently second favourite Dave Weldon
0: Yeah I agree with Darren I think, thought Lord DeMille was the bet here um, likes Haydock likes uh, 3 mile plus trips and the only concern he might have is it might be aiming to head back to the national with him but uh I don't think they'll miss out on a mark of 146, which is about £6 below his best. Um, mm. So I think he's a fair price. And then just another one at a bigger price, Rapper for Henry Daly, um, whose yard are in a, a decent bit of form. He had a nice comeback three weeks ago and um, finished ninth, an nothing special. And if he can get back to his form from last season, he'd have a squeak at a big price.
2: Yeah, when he's good, he's good. Is Rapper. um. Okay. I, I mentioned the fascinating horse in the race and no one really picked up on it. And I think that's because this is a bit of a fact finding mission for the big breakaway and um, for Joe Tizard and Brendan Powell. But if the big breakaway is what we thought the big breakaway was 144 will not be stopped. And, um, and I'm fascinated to see how it goes. I don't know if you'd want an absolute bog at Haydock, which is probably quite likely. Um, But then also he probably doesn't want any fences in his way because he's a big old mule and he doesn't jump too great. But fascinating indeed (laughs) is the big breakaway. And uh, that's the kind of horse I back. So not if anyone doesn't already know me well enough uh, to know that. I do think the big breakaway is an interesting run in the race. But the boys have made a very strong case for Lord de Manille. Uh, it's right up that near the top of the market and must go well. Okay, um, that's Ascot and Haydock from Saturday. Um, there's some belting stuff at Punchestown. I'd like to see uh, plenty of uh, potential festival winners out and about there. It's just knowing which ones are going to run or not run and what races they're going to go in. Take, for example, the Morgiana Hurdle. Uh, that field of Jesse Evans, Saldi, Sharjah, Sir Gerhard, State Man, Tiupu, Vauban, Echoes, and Ray. Is Willie Mullins really going to run what six of his potential stepper uppers against each other, Dave? Well,
0: no, that's what he said. We know what Willie Mullins says and what <laughs> Willie Mullins does yeah. is are do two different things. Um I'd, I'd imagine. I don't think Sir Gerhard will run. I think the plan for him is to go over, over fences, so he might not run. Um, State man's probably the interesting one. He's actually rate higher than Sir Gerhard, but we've kind Amazing. of fallen into this trap before with uh, impressive county hurdle winners. Um, San Roy is the most oh, recent what? example of it, yeah. Um, where we think they're better, I than, fell into that one. Yeah, yeah. we think they're yeah. better than the air. So, like, like Sharjah is the class horse in the race. If he's any sort of a price, he's probably a bet. He's won this race twice before, and um, jockey Buckins will probably tell you a lot. I'd say Paddy probably be on him. Um, ride right, on a bit shitty and, and come home and, and and win well, but yeah, it's two good two two good days at Punches Town. Um, you've journey with me. Yeah,
2: don't focus there. I mean, tell me if you fancy. Yeah, no, you just ju- great
0: you're a few horses that will probably end up at the festival. Journey with me. You can kill Crut on Saturday in the beginners chase. Um, a couple of nice maiden hurdles. Queen's Brook comes back. Um, it probably won't be a punting card. It'll probably be a, a fair few odds on shots. Um, but it's, it's two good days racing. and If you're in the vicinity, I'd, I'd imagine get down and, and have a
2: look. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm really looking forward, I mean, away from the absolute superstars, I'm looking forward to, to see whether Front of the Salt will, will turn up in a, in a Florida Pearl or something like that. I do think there's plenty more to come from that horse for Gordon Elliott, but all the big guns are out, Darren.
1: Yeah, sorry, just echo what Dave said there. Like, if you're anywhere within an Arsenal or a Punch Town this weekend, try and get, down, try and get yeah. down Saturday and Sunday. I'm raising. i in Galway for the weekend um the Christmas markets, which is a bit annoying. If I wasn't, <laughs> I'd be in Punch Town for the two days without a shadow of a doubt. Um, couple of pals of mine are going down They should enjoy themselves and I kind of half wish I was going with them. But uh, yeah, geez, no, the racing here is top class this weekend. Like you talk about, this is what I mean when I was talking about Cheltenham last weekend being a bit underwhelming. And you look at what's a relatively ordinary couple of days in Punchtown. And when I say ordinary, I mean, there's nobody commenting on how special a weekend this is. And you're still seeing some top class animals. Disappointed at the novice chase and the, or the beginner's chase on the Saturdays after cutting up. That looked like it was going to be a pretty, a pretty good race uh, earlier in the week, but you still have Kilcrut and Journey with me making their their debuts over fences. So I mean, like that's race one on the Saturday. You have another thirteen or fourteen races to go. Uh, as I said, try and get your get your way down there. Um, I agree with Dave. Charger will win the Morgana uh, if he's anti sort of price. he'd be a bet for me. The rest of them have to come up to his level, uh, and none of them have done so yet. I hope he's right that Sir Gerhard is going chasing because I think a year hardling with him another year hardling be a waste of time. Uh, mm. I'm just a little bit afraid of, of Willie Mullins and his, uh, his thought processes. Uh, but yeah, look, great weekend's race and as I said, if you're anywhere close, try and get down.
2: Yeah, sensible advice. Uh, Keen. anything over at Punchestown? Obviously, we're all looking forward to seeing these big guns run, but I mean, you know, Journey With Me was always a horse you liked, liked could take on Kilcrick this weekend. There's some really good stuff there.
3: Yeah, cracking a few days at Punchestown. Uh, I think the lads covered a lot there, but one horse they did miss was the mighty Sam Crow. Is back on the first race on Sunday. That's
2: true. And is that the Risk of Thunder chase?
3: Yeah, and he's won his last two point to points by eighty two lengths. Ooh. So yeah, just interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, again, Gordianella has multiple entries in there, and Delta Work is entered as well. So I'm not sure what'll turn up with regards to the Morgiana. Yeah, it's complete guesswork. Work, um, who's going to run there? shocked if Sir Sergarhead runs, he absolutely despises Punches Town. I would keep him <laughs> on your radar though, he's a very good horse so, um, especially around Cheltenham. I mean Beach, three striped lights, who we went out and bolted up an entry so He'd, he'll take high rank in the novice chase division for sure. Um, yeah, that's it really, I think with most of the lads covered that. Uh, over the rest of the car pretty
2: well there that's all good it's going to be hugely informative the weekend at punchestown uh, and like you know it's been well covered on here but lots of odds on shots this weekend if you're that way inclined it's uh, it's going to be feast or famine i think or maybe mostly feast with just the odd uh, blip because the best horses seem to be out they seem to have picked decent targets and uh whilst we're going to learn a lot about their well-being um, yeah, I don't know how fascinating it will be to come, watch them all come home. But I'd rather see them than not see them. I'll put it that way. It is time for the naps on the Race Hour podcast this week. Um, I'm going to let Darren Hughes go first. What's your best bet of the weekend? Um, might I suggest it's quite obvious.
1: Might you suggest that is correct. Yes, might <laughs> I. Uh, four to one needs to be a bet at one to four. And I'm going to mess nobody will win, though. Ah, uh, no. say, I'd, yeah. say, I'd say get involved.
2: Fair enough. My tie in that 2.25 at Haydock, which is the Stayers' Handicap hurdle um, from Darren Hughes. Dave Weldon, your nap of the weekend, please.
0: Uh, I'll go with uh, Lord de Manil in the last TV race at Haydock. I think he is a good thing.
2: Yeah, Lord de Manil is in that 3.35 at Haydock for the Hobson team. Paul O'Brien booked Uh go-off. Uh, well, quite at the top there. I think good boy Bobby is also on top eight. Um, OK, thank you, Dave. That's his nap of the weekend. Uh, Keen Kerby, your best bet of the weekend, please.
3: Yeah, it's obviously tricky with so many uh, odds on sh- shots this weekend, Dean. But I agree, yeah, it's very tricky. I mean, I think most of the races we covered there, most have odds on shots. So I'm going to go with, um, with Darren and um, on my Yeah, I think, step up the trip and his best fresh. I think he'll win, the, win that handicap hurdle. And uh, ninth, nope. ninth or shot so, so, uh, is is a good bet now. Fairness, so yeah, that'll do.
2: Yeah, no problem. Um, it, it's fine. It's almost like a podcast charge. Um, I was willing to take you lads on um with good risk at all because I'm um, struggling to find a bit of value across the cards. Um, so I probably will back against you, but I do hope that. That goes well for you guys. Um, the big breakaway would be my nap of the weekend. And it's based mostly on pure gut instinct, which is not necessarily something you should all weigh in behind. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing the seven-year-old back on the track for Joe Tizard and Brendan Powell. It's up against Dave's nap, though. So we've kind of <laughs> gone against ourselves.
0: All right, I'll, I'll, I'll change mine, Dean. I'll change mine. My, my nap would be uh, Hitman, harm Press, and La Plutard at about 2.88 to
2: 1. <laughs> yeah yeah i like that i like that and i appreciate dave but you know darren was very keen lord of Manila as well um so i'm probably tilting with the big breakaway but that's what i do that's why we don't talk about galahad quest anymore on this podcast okay uh, you have been listening to the race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk my thanks go to dave weldon Keen kirby darren hughes uh, i've been dean ryan and next week there's a very big announcement on the race hour so join us then and Dermo will be back that's not the announcement take care
1: You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.